0: Hello, everyone. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. And I just want to thank you for taking some time with us today, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the major podcasting platforms. I'm just really grateful that you would take this time. So make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to make sure that you're getting our weekly content every week. So make sure you're doing that. In the meantime, we are currently on a series about spiritual disciplines, and I'm going through this book called Spiritual Disciplines Companion by Jan Johnsons. And spiritual disciplines are essentially anything that helps us to connect with God. And Henry Nouwen, who is a really well-regarded writer in the theological world, um, he says something really um, wise about spiritual practice and that it's anything that helps us practice how to become attentive to that small voice and willing to respond when we hear it. So it's really about cultivating a lifestyle that helps us to hear God and to respond to God in our daily lives. So as I've said throughout this series, this will look very different for a lot of different people and that's okay. There's a lot of freedom in spiritual disciplines to find what works for you what this is giving us is just an outline of some practices that are important. And these are practices that can be done in a variety of different ways. So we've talked about things like solitude and silence. Last week we talked about study and meditation. And so there's lots of different ways, again, of doing all of these things. Today we're going to continue in this book um, looking at um, section five, which is all about community and submission. And that word submission is sometimes one that we do not like to hear. Um, It brings all sorts of connotations to the fore and it kind of makes us uncomfortable sometimes. But I think there's some really valuable things to get in that. The submission is a submission to one another. Um, It's mutual and it's voluntary. So I'm just gonna read a little bit of what she says about community and submission here. The spiritual discipline of community or fellowship, as it's also known, is not as warm and fuzzy as it sounds. It's about committing ourselves to people and sticking it out no matter what. The bond is cemented by practicing other disciplines in community, such as confession, prayer, service and study. Community can be practiced in various settings, a family, a friendship, a small group, a local church, a work or volunteer setting, a denomination or the church universal. However, attending a local church does not necessarily mean you practice community, although it can help you get started. And I think what's part of what's important to note there is just attending church doesn't mean you're part of the community. You have to actually take initiative and intentional intentionally start to participate in things with volunteering or joining a small group something like that she continues to write for community to occur we need to be intentional in fact contemporary western society tends to be hostile to all things communal exalting individualism and rewarding independence we don't know how to trust one another how to support one another in pain how to disagree in love how to genuinely respect one another, how to be for each other in the long haul. She also writes that community is interwoven with the discipline of submission. To submit to others is to offer them community, even if you don't like them, if they don't deserve it, or if they're wrong. (laughs) Community exists only with vulnerability, which is at the core of submission. Eventually, we submit ourselves to God. In the cleanness of heart God brings, we bend to submit to others as God would have us do so, not with the purpose of being people-pleasing or trying to get ahead. So again, we're really looking at submission in the sense of we are submitting to each other out of love voluntarily in order to put the other first. If we're all doing that well together, our needs will be met, and submission will not just be a one-way street. So that's why community and submission go together. Well, within this section about community and submission, Jan Johnson breaks it into six ways um, or aspects of practicing community. And the first that she talks about is intentional community and to do that i'm just going to read this brief passage of what she writes because i think it's just really really interesting she says when you consider that jesus had three short years to set the plan of redemption in place it's amazing that he spent so much time hanging out with an entourage of simple men and women by this choice jesus set in place the centrality of community through it The disciples learn the discipline of trusting and submitting to other people, imitating the persons of the Trinity who do not haggle for authority. Dallas Willard writes, God is in himself a sweet society of love with a first, second, and third person to complete a social matrix where not only is there love and being loved, but also shared love for each other because of who God is, there is no such thing as private or individual Christianity. And I think that's really important for us to remember that yes, our faith is personal, it's about our personal relationship with Christ, but God is in himself communal. God exists in a trinity of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's hard for us to understand. It's one of the paradoxes of faith. But within God, there is community and God wants us to share in that. Jan Johnson also writes that one of the best ways to learn to truly love others and thus let God change our character is to work side by side with someone who needs to grow up, in her words. So when we work with other people, even people that may not be as mature or may be frustrating to deal with, that helps us to grow up and helps them to grow up as well. So intentional community is a very, very important piece. The next part that we're gonna look at is the what she calls the grittiness of community, the challenge of community. And she says this before we get into a Bible uh, passage. She writes that perhaps few spiritual disciplines are as misunderstood as community. We envision community as folks standing around the campfire, holding hands and singing. While there may be moments of warm feelings, community as a discipline is about loving folks you prefer to ignore. It's about including people the church doesn't seem to need, or even the the disgruntled folks you secretly think the church would be better off without. Today's passage from 1 Corinthians underscores the grittiness of Christian community. Folks who have nothing in common talk and work alongside each other until some of their sharp edges are rounded off. Eventually, you treasure this person who could not be more different from you. And Christ insists that we love each other and that we need each other. And we do. The viewpoint of the other person helps us climb out of our narrow world and learn what it means to love another person just a little bit. So the challenges of being in community are not easy challenges to deal with. Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes people are very different from us and it takes a lot of work for us to understand one another, but it's so important. And we get part of what that's important for in the passage that we're gonna look at from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The whole passage that she cites um, goes 12 through, verse 12 through 27. We're only gonna read um, verse 12 through 20 because the same idea kind of continues. So I'm gonna read here from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 12 through 20. So just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. That helps us better understand how the church functions together. We all have a different part to play in the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ is not only run by the staff members of a church. Every single person is equally important. There are things that I can't do, even in my role as a staff person, that I need some of you who are listening and watching to step up and step into. You have skills that I will never have, and vice versa. I know things that you'll maybe never know or be able to do. That's why it's important that we work together. In community, all of our strengths are put together, and that is how we show God to a broken world. So then Jan Johnson moves on to the next idea of power and powerlessness, which is a really interesting idea. And she kind of looks at this through the lens of Mark 10 verses 32 through 45. And we're not gonna read the passage, but I'll describe a little bit of it for you. It's really interesting because James and John, two disciples of Jesus who are also brothers, they are really interested in knowing how important they are. And they basically asked Jesus, hey, which one of us gets to sit on your right and which one is on your left? They had questions about their status and about their position in the kingdom of God. Jesus really upended their expectations and said, no, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Jesus completely upends their idea of what power should be in God's kingdom. So in essence, we are supposed to be giving up power. So Jan Johnson writes about this passage um, and says that after a couple of years of following Jesus, the apostles James and John unashamedly ask for positions of authority and honor in Jesus' future kingdom. Perhaps they felt entitled to these because the Zebedee and Sons fishing enterprise had suffered in their absence because they were fishers before they were followers of Jesus. So they're kind of asking, when is their selfless venture going to pay off? In the midst of this power-grabbing drama, Jesus explained that discipleship reverses society's expectation that we move onward, and upward. Instead, we submit, deny self, serve others, and choose to be powerless. When we stop insisting on having our own way, we find freedom to have peace in Christ and to love others. So what she's arguing here, and I I love the way she phrases it, discipleship reverses society's expectations that we move onward and upward that's a really freeing thing because instead of trying to achieve status for self we can just relax and do what we can to help others and elevate others there's a lot of freedom in that and truly that's what Christ sought to do Christ was always putting other people first I'm reminded of the story in the Last Supper where Jesus decides to wash all of his disciples' feet. That's incredible. They should be washing his feet. But Jesus, the Son of God, said, no, it's important for me to do this for you. Jesus really sets the bar for letting go of power so that you can truly love people. We then move on to the next section about what we do when we think we're right. <laughs> and maybe sometimes we are right, but that, I, that thinking that you're right can be a very dangerous thing spiritually because when you have that mindset of, oh, I'm right, it can be difficult to submit to one another and difficult to be in community with other people who you think are wrong. So as the example, uh, Jan Johnson looks at the example of the book of Philemon. In this book, Paul is writing a letter to one of his uh, disciples or friends um, named Philemon. And he's talking about Onesimus, who is a runaway slave that ran away from Philemon. Paul and Onesimus have gotten very close to one another and Paul regards him as a spiritual son of sorts. But still, there's this tension that Philemon or that Onesimus has run away from Philemon. So, Paul could exert his spiritual authority over Philemon and say, Philemon, Onesimus has to be set free and you are to regard him as a brother. But instead, even though Paul knows that he's right and could exercise authority, Paul sends Onesimus back and says, Philemon, I hope that the love of Jesus in your heart compels you to regard Onesimus as a brother instead of a slave. It's a very, very powerful story. And Jan Johnson has some commentary on this and says that when you're putting yourselves in the shoes of Paul, you are now caught between two people that you love, Onesimus and Philemon. As you pray, you believe that the radical gospel of Jesus would persuade Philemon to free the slave, Onesimus, but since you build community with love and respect, you refuse to use your apostolic authority to insist on this. Instead, you humble yourself and plead on Onesimus' behalf. So how does it feel to submit to someone you have authority to boss around? How does it feel to be willing to give up the person you love in in this case in order to do what is right and respectful this story helps us Sam lets us sample some advanced character qualities to taste and see the goodness of God so even when we think very confidently that we're right we have to approach that with a posture of humility if we're going to submit to each other and love one another as Christ loves us. The next piece that we'll look at about community and submission is listening. Now we already talked about listening as part of a um, previous uh, spiritual practice about um, spending time with God in solitude and listening, um, but there's other ways to think of that as well. It's important for us to listen in the context of community. If we don't listen to one another, It's hard for us to know each other and hard for us to understand each other. And then it's hard to have true genuine community. She cites the example of Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was a uh, Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany who um, was very, very bold in standing against the Nazi regime and in helping a community of others do so. And so he wrote a lot of different things about what it's like to live in community. So she writes about Bonhoeffer and says that, Bonhoeffer kept emphasizing that having a rich life with God enables us to love others. Rich solitude builds rich community. A life with God teaches us to listen to others. Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned that he who no longer can listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. And in the end, there is nothing left but spiritual chatter and clerical condescension arrayed in pious words. Now, these are very strong words from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but they really ring true to me. If we're not able to listen to others, we're gonna also close ourselves from listening to God. God speaks to us so often through other people. Other people are there to hold us accountable. If we can't listen to other people, we may be ignoring the voice of God and what God is trying to say to us through those people. It is so vital that we listen to one another in community and in, in submission. The last piece we'll look at is welcoming the stranger. And um, to look into this, um, Jan Johnson looks at the example of Matthew 25 verses 31 through 40. And in this passage, Jesus is just talking about how um, people can um, be giving uh, uh, strangers, uh, excuse me, giving food or clothing to strangers. And anytime you do so, you are doing so for the service of God. At the end, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but the um, end of that particular passage, verse 40 reads, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So when we do caring things for other people, particularly strangers, people we don't know very well, we're doing that for God. We are recognizing the image of God in other people and saying, I don't know you, we're maybe very different, but I see God in you, I love you. You are carrying the image of God, and so I'm going to do what I can to help you. Jan Johnson talks about this passage and writes that today's passage talks about making the, that extra effort to create community with folks who can give nothing back to us. This is especially true of the hungry thirsty stranger or the shabby, sick prisoner who does not inspire warm and fuzzy feelings. Welcoming odd strangers and serving them in respectful, loving ways is the boot camp of the discipline of community. We are so changed by this discipline that we easily welcome folks who are not strangers. We learn the essence of hospitality, which is welcoming people, not entertaining Or impressing them. So, who are strangers? Jesus' extraordinary behavior towards those ordinary excluded people shows us that in us versus them situations, the them are strangers. A stranger is anyone who has experienced a different sort of past with different heroes and different buzzwords. You'll recognize who are strangers to you because when you meet these folks, A little ping goes off in your head that says, different, step back. To these strangers, we must offer a sense of home as God offers it to us. We pay attention to them and invite them to unfold themselves. Then we respectfully wait for them to be able to do that. So welcoming the stranger is something that's so vital and oftentimes very difficult It's very difficult for us to get along with people who are very different, who have very different perspectives or different life stories, different points of view. Those are the people we need to be most welcoming of because that's exactly what Jesus did for us in loving us. That's the example that we are called to follow. So this summer, Faith Covenant has been embarking upon a series about a sermon series on our in our Sunday morning services about home and about welcoming other people. So these kinds of things are very prevalent. And so, if you want more insights into that, I encourage you to look at our YouTube playlists for our sermon series, so that you can make sure that you're um, getting some additional. Uh, content about that and some additional instruction, teaching, and encouragement. So we'll be continuing next week with the uh, Spiritual Disciplines Companion book. I'm really excited about the things that I'm learning going through this book, and I hope that it's beneficial for you as well. Thank you for watching and listening. Feel free to share this with a family or family member or friend. And as always, have a wonderful and blessed day.